Hey, let me ask you. When you think of the word possibility, what comes to your mind? You know, possibility, that's a good word. I know sometimes people use it to an extreme, but it really is a good word. So what do you think about when you hear the word possibility? What are some things that seem possible to you when you hear that word? Ever go for a new job? Why do you go? Because that's possible that you get it, right? Yeah? A new job is possible. You know what's possible? A sunny day for your picnic. It's possible. That's why you plan it. Here's one that's possible. Getting to church on time. Oh, yeah, you should try it. (laughs) Some of you need to try it because you can do it. It's very possible to get to church on time. But today I'm going to challenge you not to get to church on time. Although for some it is a challenge. I want to challenge you to see the possibilities of faith. Faith brings with it possibilities. Maybe it's better to say it this way. Let's see what real faith can accomplish in your life and for God's kingdom. See, that's the key. Faith should be related to the kingdom of God. I think sometimes we take it outside of God's kingdom. And when you take it outside of his kingdom, you know what's happening? You're taking it outside of his will. Faith works best in the will of God. Probably faith works only in the will of God. So when I think of the possibilities of faith, I think of doing the impossible, of course, according to God's will. And um, it's impossible when you compare it to human reasoning. Remember last time we said reason gets in the way of faith? Reason finds other reasons (laughs) not to believe. We said if you respond according to how it seems to be, you'll have a false perception. If you respond according to how you feel about it, you'll get discouraged. If you respond to what reason says... He'll talk you out of it. (laughs) Reason always comes up with excuses why you can't do it. And then, doing the impossible, it never even becomes a consideration. Oh, that's no good. You don't even consider it. I want us to look at an incident today where this very thing happened. People saw the possibility of faith. They lived in faith in what God said, and they did the impossible. There's the key. Live in faith in what God says, and you'll do the impossible. We're going to find this example in Joshua chapter 6, and many, many folks are familiar with this account. Jericho. Jericho was a city. Oh, it was a strong city, a fortified city. You know who lived there? Canaanites. Oh, man, they were tough people. They were the roughest and the toughest, the Canaanites. 
No one could get in the city. No one could get out of the city. It was a fortress. So when you look at the city of Jericho, you know what you saw? An impossible situation. Then entered God. (laughs) I like it when God enters. That changes everything. God came to Joshua. Joshua was now the commander of Israel. And God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, I have given you this city into your hand. You know what that means? It means, Joshua, you're going to take the city. I love it when God says he's going to do something that's impossible for anyone else to do. No one can else take the city. It was too fortified, as you will see today. But God said, Joshua, I'm going to give it to you. So in verse 2 of Joshua 6, the Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. Wow. I'm going to deliver all the tough guys over to you. Then God gives Joshua this really strange military tactic. Now, if you've heard this before, you probably have. Bear with me and let's get some fresh meaning. If you haven't heard it before, hang on. Here's what God tells Joshua to do. Remember now, Joshua, he's the commander of the army. He said, I want you to assemble your army. Then I want you to get seven priests and let them each get a ram's horn. And they would use those for trumpets and they'd blow them, right? He said, I want you to march around the city every day, just one time for six days. That's all. Line up, march around the city. And while you're marching around the city, no talking. I want you to be quiet. Just march. That's all. Go out for your daily walk. Now, you know, that's something an army never does when they're going to attack the city. Why? Because they're showing the enemy their strength. But God said, that's okay. You do it. And be quiet while you're walking around the city. Then, on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the city seven times. Then, I want you to blow the ram's horns like trumpets. And I want all the people to give out a loud shout. And you know what's going to happen, Joshua? What, Lord? The wall of the city? It's going to fall down flat. Now, this was a very strange command that came from God. You know, many things God says, (laughs) they can be pretty strange compared to our human reasoning. I remember when God met Moses at the burning bush, he gave him what looked like an impossible task. He said, Moses, I want you to go down to Egypt and go see the Pharaoh. And you tell him, let my people go out into the wilderness to worship. Moses made all kinds of excuses. He said, who am I to do this thing? I'm a nobody. My own people won't believe me. The Egyptians won't believe me. I don't even speak well. But what God gave Moses to do wasn't as nearly as impossible as what he gave Joshua to do. And by the way, Moses was successful. You know why? Because God said, Moses, I go with you. I'm going with you, bro. You just do what I say, and I'll be right there. And he did. So that was strange, but not impossible. Somewhat impossible. But 
Here comes Joshua. This is like, oh, oh, we didn't learn this in military school. But I want you to note Joshua's response when God came to him and gave him this crazy idea. Verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, that's N-U-N, by the way, and his mom wasn't a nun. That's his dad's name, Nun. Maybe you pronounce it Noon, so we don't get confused. So Joshua, the son of Noon, he called the priests, and he said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests carry seven trumpets made out of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. You know what I like about Joshua? He was a man who didn't know hesitancy. He's like, okay, let's do it. He wasn't like Moses. Moses tried to weasel out of it. He didn't want to do it. Remember Gideon? God came to Gideon. He tried to weasel out of it. He didn't want to do it. But Joshua, no, he's different. He's like some of you. Some of you are like, let's go. Come on. If God said it, let's do it. I like people like that. God likes people like that too. So Joshua didn't know hesitancy. So in verse 7, he said to the people, after he assembled all the priests, go forward, march around the city. Let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. So we got the army, you got the priests, you got the trumpets, you got the ark, and they're out for their daily walk, marching around the city. What made Joshua such a great leader was the fact that he didn't go with what it seemed like. He didn't go with what it felt like. And he didn't even listen to reason. You know how he went? He went by faith and what God told him. Oh, isn't that the Christian life? To go by faith in what God tells us. That's what we do. The Bible says, without faith, right? Hebrews 11.6, it's impossible to please God. So if we want to be pleasing to God, we have to have some faith. We have to trust. We have to believe. We have to rely on. We have to rest in God. That's faith. And I'd like to add something, that without faith, life is boring. It's true. Without faith, Life, faith seems to add an element of adventure to one's life. Because with faith, what do we do? We go after the impossible. We go after big things, according to the will of God. And you know, that's, that's, our human nature gravitates towards going after the big things. When Steve Jobs needed a CEO to run, help run his Apple company to get it off the ground, he went to a guy named John Scully. Scully had a very comfortable position with Pepsi-Cola. He's making millions of dollars, running Pepsi. And Steve Jobs came to him, and Scully, he didn't want to leave his cushy job. He had it made, comfortable, plenty of money. And then he was asked this question. Do you want to make soda water all your life, or do you want to change the world? Well, that gives a whole other dimension, doesn't it? to your purpose in life. Jesus used that on the disciples. You want to bring fish into your net all your life? Or do you want to bring people into God's kingdom? I'm going to make you fishes of men. See, there's something about faith brings us into a higher purpose with God. 
That's why we want to build our faith, so we can build our purpose. Significance is the key. And living in the possibilities of faith is the way that we do it. Did you get that? That's worth repeating, I think. Significance is the key to life. Being significant. Doing something significant. And living in the possibilities of faith. That's how we do it. You know, without faith, we're not going to accomplish big things. You'll accomplish little things. You'll catch a minnow, but you'll never catch a whale. Faith brings us into the big arena of life. And that increases significance and purpose and value and joy and fulfillment, all those things. They all work together. So let's get, let's go back. Let's see how Joshua is making out. After six days of walking around the city one time each day, then the moment they've all been waiting for, the seventh day, <laughs> verse 20. On the seventh day, the people shouted, and the priests, they blew the trumpets. They're all obeying God. I like that. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted with a great shout. And you know what happened? The wall fell down flat. Huh? Just like God said. The wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city. Every man straight ahead. And they took the city. I'm like, wow, the possibilities of faith. And I'm going to show you something today about that wall and how that wall fell. That wall fell in such a way that they could walk right up the bricks, the stones, into the city. Because, you know, modern archaeology supports this biblical account. Over the past century, four prominent archaeologists have excavated, yep, that's right, excavated, the Jericho site. There's a man named Carl Watzinger from 1907 to 1909. Then there was John Garstand in the late 1930s. There was a woman named Kathleen Kenyon from 1952 to 1958. And the most recent, Bryant Wood. And the result of their work is remarkable. First, they discovered that Jericho had an impressive system of fortifications. Surrounding the city was a retaining wall, 15 feet high. At its top was an eight-foot brick wall, strengthened from behind by an earthen rampart. So all this dirt was piled up against that eight-foot wall. And they discovered domestic structures were found behind the first wall. Then another brick wall enclosed the rest of the city. So we had a double wall going around the city. The domestic structures found between the two walls are very consistent with Joshua's description of Rahab's quarters in Joshua chapter 2. What does it say in verse 15? Remember when she entertained the spies and, and hid the spies? She didn't entertain them. She hid them. And then she let them down a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. 
so that she was living on the wall. That's what Joshua 2 says. Archaeologists also found that in one part of the city, large piles of bricks were found at the base of both the inner and the outer walls, indicating a sudden collapse of the fortifications. Hmm. A sudden. It wasn't erosion. You know, like over time, how buildings erode and walls erode and temples erode. Not Jericho. Jericho was like, boom. One fell swoop. Flat. That's what four different archaeologists discovered. Now, scholars feel that an earthquake caused the collapse. Well, maybe God brought an earthquake. I don't know. But the collapsed bricks, you know what they did? They formed a ramp by which an invader might easily enter into the city. And that's what it says in Joshua 6, verse 20. And of this amazing discovery, Gostan says, As to the main fact, then, there remains no doubt. The walls fell outward so completely, the attackers were able to just clamor up over the ruins of the city. So that was very unnatural for the walls to fall outwardly, creating a ramp for the soldiers to march up and go in the city. Normally, when walls collapse, they fall inwardly. But these fell outwardly. Why? Because God God structured this whole scene. God made it in such a way that when the walls collapsed, the army of Israel, they climb right up and go right in. It's incredible. What is this? The possibilities of faith. And this is remarkable information because normally, like I said, whenever a city is attacked, the city walls fall inward, not outward. You know what else they discovered? A thick layer of soot indicated that the city was destroyed by fire, just as it says in Joshua 6, 24. Hmm. You know what it says? They burned the city and everything in it. You know, I don't need modern scientists and archaeologists to prove the Bible. I know it's true. But when they do, maybe it's something for the person far from God to give it second thought and say, wow, maybe there's something to this. Maybe the Bible is true. So I like it when when secular scientists and archaeologists support biblical accounts, but I, I don't need it for me because my faith is in God anyway. I know. But I'm glad that they do this because it gets other people to see. And, you know, maybe there are people that are questioning. Well, maybe there is, maybe there is. I don't know. And there's a lot of people that would like to know. And maybe this would just give them that nudge to draw them toward God. That's what we would hope, isn't it? So Kenyon, she describes it this way. The destruction was complete. Walls and floors were blackened or reddened by fire. And every room was filled with fallen bricks. And we've got to try to picture the city, the walls caved out, everything was burned, and it was a complete destruction of Jericho. And remember the Canaanites? They were tough dudes. Oh, yeah. 
No match for God. That's the thing. There is no match for God. So, are you on God's team? If you are, you're on the winning team. If you're not, (laughs) reconsider. Reconsider. Because God is, He's calling you in. He is. You know, one person said, unless a man is given more than he can do, he'll never do all that he can. Hmm. Think about that. Unless a man is given more than he can do, he will never do all that he can. You know, there's something about life that drives us to accomplish more than we even thought we could. Is that you? It can be. It can be. Don't settle for the doldrums of life. God has given you talent. God has given you gifts. God has given you faith. God has given you the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's amazing what you can do. And you can do even more than you are able to do because God goes with you. You know, the first American to reach the top of Mount Everest, he got there May 1st, 1963. And he said, man is at his best when reaching for something beyond his grasp. It's true. I always say, reach for the stars and you'll hit the moon. You know, reach beyond what you're able. You'll hit something. How about the rooster that showed some hens an ostrich egg? He said to the hens, ladies, I want to show you what can be done. (laughs) Oh, those poor little hens looking at that ostrich egg. Forget about it. (laughs) So what am I saying today? Let's go out and live with this new perspective. Let's develop a perspective that's bigger than us. Let's consider the possibilities of faith. Because faith is, it, it, it's, it's the biggest part of our relationship with God, isn't it? Isn't it based on faith? Faith pleases God. Hebrews 11.6, when I'm trusting God, when I'm leaning on God, when I'm relying on God, when I'm accepting the commands of God, it's all in faith. And that becomes very pleasing to him. Secondly, we talked about this recently. The just shall live by faith. Oh, Galatians 3.11. We order our lives by faith. Faith has to be the biggest part of your perspective. It really does. And that's when you accomplish great things. Okay? Thirdly, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Luke eighteen twenty seven. The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. So you see these things? Don't let faith be your spare tire. Don't let faith just be, you know, I know I have faith, and let it be this weak noodle, this weak muscle in your soul. You develop faith and let it be the strong muscle that can what? Move mountains. Get some mountains in your life. Faith will get you through. Faith will move those mountains. But what we have to do, we have to go out and we have to live it. You have to live this way. 
You can't sit back and be hotty ha ha. I'm gonna be the lion and hotty ha ha. Oh me. Oh my. We'll never do it. It'll never happen. Oh, Lippy, I don't know. That's <laughs> not faith. Faith is let's take the city. Faith is let's move that mountain. Faith is let's bring souls into the kingdom of God. Faith is let's go, God. I know you're with me. We're going to go out and do this thing together. You're always with God. That said to Moses, Moses, you go see Pharaoh. I'm with you. I'm going with you. How many times did he tell Joshua, Joshua, listen, you go fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. Don't you worry. The battle. So many, so many battles is the Israelites went into and God did the fighting for them. All they had to do was to what? Obey by faith. That's it. When you obey by faith, God steps in. God takes over. But if you don't obey by faith, guess what? Not much is going to happen. See, what I like about this message is for everybody. It is. But again, the series is called For Adults Only. So we're working our way. This is for adult Christianity where faith is faith is the most important muscle that I have. Oh yeah, my faith muscle. That's the one that carries me. That's the one that motivates me, that inspires me, that calls me to do greater things. That muscle of faith. And like any muscle, the more you use it, the more it grows. And faith will always show you that which looks like something is impossible to human reasoning is very, very possible with God. Which way do you want to live? You want to, wait, you want to make soda water all your life? Or do you want to change the world? You want to exist? Or do you want to make a difference for all of eternity? I want to make a difference. And you can too. You're just going to live in some faith. Now listen. You've got to join the Hope Club. You know why? It's going to build your faith. $3 a week will keep us on the air. And it'll get you a devotional Monday through Friday. And you watch your faith will build. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click the giving button. Then e-giving. Choose the fun radio. Fill in your information on your honor. We're not checking. On your honor. Say, I'm going to give you three bucks a week. Pay the radio bills. And I'm going to get my devotionals every day. What a great way to start the day. Really, consider that. And I will see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.